Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser. Um, We bring you this podcast as QPR are currently unbeaten in the league all this year. Um, I'm joined tonight by three other QPR fans. Um, To my right, co-founder of the podcast is Paul Finney. Evening, David. How are you? Good evening, Paul. Very good. I see... You are sporting a Northern Ireland, what would we call it? Hoodie? Yeah. Hoodie. Football hoodie. 70s style hoodie. Blatantly a Christmas present. Blatantly so. Who from? My daughter. It's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah. She's done well. She's done She's, well. Um, it's, it's supposed to be 70s style because she reckons I'm not old. Yeah. But then she thought Queen Victoria was wearing the 70s. Extra large? Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and, I could be heading towards three X's and that's not just the, the beer. Giacomo. Take it from someone who knows, Giacomo. Um, we also have John Woods. Hello. Hi, John. Good Coming evening. back for a second time, third second time. time. Indeed, yeah. Second time. And Alan Charles. Hello. Coming for, back for a second time. Indeed, yes. Um, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Any, anyone that hasn't been listening to us for a long time, um, if you want to catch up on old, old episodes, you can do on our website. Go to qprpod.co.uk, uh, where you can also uh, help support the show, and we thank everybody that's done that this season so far. You can follow us on Facebook, and you can uh, interact with us on Twitter, at qprpod. Right. That goes through everything. We do have a uh, a really good interview coming up. I'm saying it's good. We haven't done it yet, but certainly a good interviewee who we've spoken to before who should be uh, interesting, which is our, our goalkeeper, Alex Smithies. Um, so he's coming up later in the show. Before then, um, we come to you off the back of our second away win of the season, which is pretty good, no, Paul? You can't argue with that. So, After my wins last week about the FA Cup. So... What 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 do you think? What do you think uh, compared to where we were a week ago, which was post MK Dons, as you say? We were all a bit down on the podcast. We were all a bit down, comma on the podcast, not down on the podcast. We are down on the podcast, no probably anyway. Um, what do you think? I think we've now pulled away from the relegation zone a wee bit. We can breathe. We can relax and. We've actually got a situation where we've gone from no one could score goals to not actually no one who we can play who won't score now. Washington's got... Say that again. Well, you think about it, everyone has played up front now in the last few games has scored. So yeah. The dilemma before that was we couldn't score with a 20-foot dot board with a dart. And now we're flying goals in from quite a few directions. So it's nice to see the kids coming through. It's nice to have a bit of a striker selection issue which we need at big time and the midfielder kicking in with the goals as well so it's it's all looking positive after one win away to the mighty Burton very good what about you chaps what do you think uh, yeah I think we had a good Christmas you know compared to what we thought it might be you mm. know it was a bit doom and gloom before it started we had a good win against Cardiff you know and I think it was, it was, it's been a good time so I think it's, it's kicking on I'm glad he's playing the youngsters he's given the youngsters a chance I think that's sort of galvanised the squad quite a bit and uh, yeah, I don't think we should be get comfortable yet necessarily, but uh, it is looking good, looking much better, a lot more positive. We can breathe. Yeah. So it's, we're fourteenth, I think, thirty-three mm. points on the board, Alan. Well, I, I can't disagree with what 
been said. Um, I think we probably still need to look for a striker. To be a, to be quite honest, people are putting goals in. Um, the performances are not consistent. I think that's the, no, that's the, right. the, the yeah. issue that we've we've, we've got. And uh, I think I always said I'm, you know, my glass is normally half full, but I'm a little bit worried still. So. Okay, really. really? Indeed. I mean, we, we've got what are we? What are we uh, worried about going down? No, 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 no. I don't. Just worried about the general outlook. It's the outlook and it's the consistency of performance. If we can get some consistency, then that would be great. But I think consistency is the issue. I think what worries me more than anything is the fact that if you actually look at the if you take the FA Cup in isolation and look at it, if we had got Coventry next round, the fifth round, everyone's mm. taking it seriously. We're always talking about how we're skint and we haven't got much money, so it makes sense to look at that and think do you know what if we I think someone's trying well to he went for it didn't he I thought the squad he picked for the, the they just didn't look motivated did they I, mean, no, I know we talked about this yeah, last yeah, week but then no. you think the big boys are all taking this so called big yeah. boys are taking this seriously it could be a real good money mm. spender this yeah. year and it could have given some confidence mm-hmm. I think someone's trying to drill into us are we, are we next to a dentist there's building works going on in this building and uh, I, right I think they do it at night which is of course when we're recording ah, <laughs> uh, we're also there's also pipes bubbling away in this room and next door to us apparently is some kind of Lib Dem council meeting and I have said you, nothing Finney. about politics at all because this is not a political podcast. <laughs> Tory piece. Carry on. Um, but the thing is about where we are is that we've got a springboard that we can actually galvanise and go forward with mm. and actually see if this is. Could you say consistency? And that's that. That is. I mean, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I was in the weather space before I came out. It may be a little <laughs> bit tipsy. Um, consistency is the key to everything. If we can, we can put some results together. Bristol City is going to be a massive game. To be fair. Middlesbrough is a massive game, but they're both winnable. The reason why that is is because Bristol City will take us for granted, and Middlesbrough are in the changing. They've got the new manager. They've got everything. So I'm a bit more positive than what it was last week. Did we? Were we suffering from just you know FA Cup? We're always miserable every year about the FA Cup. We expected better, and that clouded. The overall picture a bit. And when you actually look at it, our last five games, I think we've lost one in the last five. We've won two. We've drawn two. Are we we, we guilty of jumping up and down? With Every result dictates our mood and we don't really actually look at the... It is football, but should we perhaps not treat it the, the, should we perhaps be a bit more measured in how no. we're assessing how QPR are doing day, we, we had discussions about whether Holloway should go on the podcast last week and I still now think, we're talking about how we turn the corner and I still think his position should be reviewed at the end of the season yeah. That's, that is still not a question of anything we're, we're missing thousands of fans every week there's a reason why these people aren't coming to Loftus mm-hmm. Road and we've got to get, get into that and find out why these people aren't coming to games because there's you look at um, the Ellsley towards away fans; it's practically nearly empty. Them, them blocks. There's something wrong. The people aren't coming to games. Away supporters. Well, I think, the I think Holloway. The, the, the great thing about Holloway is he is he's a massive fan of the club, mm. and he does, You know, he brings that attitude with him, and that's what we've been lacking. I think with a lot of appointments that we've had, and that's the, he was the right thing to do, and he, he is the man for the job at least for the rest of the season, tactically. I'm not sure. I think he overcomplicates things. I think his time at Sky probably clouded his judgment sometimes, um, and that needs to be addressed. And I think, I think if you look at attendance at averages, and I was looking at them today mm. before I came, um, we're sort of getting about fourteen thousand for the last couple of seasons. That's whether it's Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, whoever. But don't you, forget, the, the, their account that the ones don't turn up. 
as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. Do perhaps. They, do they still do that? Yeah, they do. So every season ticket holder is counted irrespective yeah. of. I think, but I think right, the atmosphere around the stadium there. is better than it was. Definitely. I, I, okay. But I think we're just. You know, if we'd been, if we looked like we're going for promotion, it, we're having a promotion season, we'd get more. It's fairly obvious we're not in that position, so I don't think we're going to. But I think we're. In, it's the atmosphere around the stadium. Even when we lost at MK Dons, I don't think anyone was. You know, we were resigned to it, perhaps. But it was. I don't. Th- I didn't feel any anger in the stadium. I think everyone's on board with what Holloway's trying to do. The youngsters are playing. Well, losing the MK McDonald's yeah. is never acceptable. <laughs> True. Um, and, you know, there was a couple of Wimbledon supporters sitting in, sitting near me as well, and they they looked very very annoyed. What? Yeah, is, is that not? Oh, what they were wanting yeah. QPR. Yeah. yeah. Well, Wimbledon not playing that day. Okay. Is it, is it not an issue though? Um, getting to the point, and, and I feel the same way as you probably, where you don't get annoyed if we don't play well or don't lose. And actually, that's why people don't come along to the stadium. Because well, it's, it's so sort of... Yeah. Because, do you know what? You've got to be committed to be there. <laughs> I wonder if we've talked the last few years about get real QPR fans. You know, the days of thinking we have a birthright to be in the Premier League are mm. gone. We're not that sort of club. We are a championship club. We've been saying that the last few years. And I wonder if this is the year the penny is dropping collectively with the fan base... And as a result, there's this kind of disillusionment that, that, that Alan's talking about or kind of acceptance because maybe this is the year everybody's sort of thinking, strap in because we're probably going to be here. Probably going to be like this for two, three, four years. I, I wouldn't say it was uh, a disillusion. I think it's more an acceptance that mm. you know, uh, amongst the hardcore fans that says this is what you're going to get and this is how it's going to be But remaining in the championship doesn't. Yeah float one's boat particularly does it this is what's going to happen for the next three years we'll be alright we'll win a third of our games we'll draw a third we'll lose the other third I think you're wrong I think people want us to compete in the championship rather than just survive in it they'd like to see us win more games like to see us be more competitive for games win Mm. more away games win more home games and give it a damn good go which is what we do at times we're doing more than survive I know last year the table looks like we just survived but we competed. We were clear with however many games it was games to go in a year. That's a lot in anyone's book, and that's not me being like, "Oh Jesus, I want Premiership football." I hit the Premiership. I can live without the Premiership for the rest of my life. I don't want to see half and half scarf, ticket totes, and morons who don't give an absolute arse about my football club standing there, wanting to be at the team, and not realising the wrong game, watching the phones like that with these ridiculous things you play on you. I think we. I think the problem is, and it is a case of acceptance. We just we are we have to accept we're in a transitional stage. We're not going to be competing for promotion, certainly this season. Probably not next season. But we can compete every game, surely. We can. But I think Holloway sort of gets that attitude from the players. I don't think they give up. Compared to when Hasselbank certainly when Redknapp and all the rest of it was in charge, you could see players give up or not give a toss. But now. I don't think you get that impression from the players. They really want to win. And, you know, they will go 2-0 down and they'll give it everything they've well, got to get true. back into the everything game, you know. Mm-hmm. Then don't you go 2-0 down in the first place. Exactly. But at least I don't think you'd have had that two years ago. You wouldn't have had that attitude from them. They'd have just accepted, oh, we're going to lose this one, you know. Nobody. Well, that is what it felt like. I'm sure, you know, I don't want to, you know, they're professional players, so I don't want to say anything bad. But, that, you know, it felt like that to the crowd. But now it doesn't feel like that. You know, they feel, okay, I think a lot of the crowd think Holloway's made a few bad decisions there. We're 2-0 down. But they give it everything to get back in the game, I think. And it's, 
That's a good point. I think. The, I think You're very you know, positive, John. I am, well, I am. I've seen a lot of football accusations. You know that's, that's very suspect. On I know, this probably. Um, okay. I think Could we've put you here. <laughs> yeah, well, he's my yang to you know. The yeah, yin and yang. yeah. Um, let's not talk about Paul's yang. <laughs> <laughs> not, so, uh, not again. Um, I get. <laughs> I'm. I'm terrible because I bring my two little kids, and now they scream and shout at the ref and the players, just as I do. But um, that's where it should be. It's. I, I think we're in a, in a better place. I, I, I really like the attitude of the players now. I, okay. Sometimes they play badly. Sometimes the tactics are wrong. Um, but I, maybe I've just been there too long and I resigned to it. No, that's a fair point. I think we're in a better place, but I maintain there's no, there's not. Th- football fans, football thrives on excitement, excitement slash jeopardy. Either the excitement mm. of, oh, yeah. we might get up, or we might get in the playoffs, or. Bloody hell, we might go down. We've got to really kind of dig it out. Yeah. I, I feel like that we haven't got that at the moment because, okay, you could, you might be a pessimist who thinks we will go down, but, but, but we ain't. We're not going down. We're not going up. It's just going to be one of those. And it felt a bit like that last year. I know we struggled to pick up that final point we needed at the end of the season, but pretty much, you know, once Holloway came in, we were safe. And, and, and I think maybe actually... John, you, you raise a good point, which is generally what you're saying is have a look at the bigger picture. It mm. is much better on a number of. Then what accounts. if we don't kick on from this and we're in the same position next season, season after? I'm not sure we will kick on immediately. Okay, so that's what I think I'm saying. It might, we might, I think we will probably be in this phase for a while. Yeah. But then we've got to look at the prices then as well. We've got yeah. to look at ticket prices. Ticket prices for walk up is ridiculous. It's just. 38 quid or whatever it is to walk up on a Saturday and bring your kids into ranges it's just stupid I think the whole issue about the training ground about our new ground you know it's I I think we're not in a place to go up necessarily it'd be great if we did and we you know we could have a great season under Holloway next season he might have built everything he needs so we could do but the fact is as a club structure we're not a Premiership club, uh, and we you know we're a, we're a Championship club. I think it's a Bournemouth on a Premiership club, and you yeah, could, you, yeah. could, you could probably look at them and say, yeah. mm, "Should they be there? Should Huddersfield yeah. be there?" You can compete if you're on a property. What we're suffering from is when we did get in the Premiership, we absolutely wasted it, mm, absolutely, and, and we yeah. went completely down. There was mm. a million rules to choose, and we chose one of the wrong ones, yeah. the only mm-hmm. one wrong one. Yeah. So you can't gauge them. I think what throwing money at it? Well, throwing money at it, throwing the wrong players at it, getting people in for egos and. Airlines we, we didn't improve this. our infrastructure. We, no, we, we didn't. You know, we didn't agrees. get that. We we should have really gone for a new training ground. We should have locked in a new stadium if that's what we feel we need. And it just didn't happen. Well, people slagged Jim Gregory off because of what happened, obviously with Fulham Park Rangers at the end and Marlowe Estates. I get all that, but what Jim did, he might have been dodgy at sometimes. He might have been, but he built mm, something yeah. that we all are living yeah, off still yeah. to this mm-hmm. day. And it's just a shame we spent 300 million quid, whatever it was, and we still haven't got a training ground. Mm. You know, as it is, you've got the kids playing in two different areas, you've got the players at Hollington, which isn't good enough. So perhaps you're right, stabilise. I don't care if we go up. I don't really give a rat's. I don't care about rubbing shoulders with people who just watch games through cameras. I still can't get my head around that. (laughs) And I watched the City-Liverpool game yesterday. It was brilliant because it was like total football with billion-pound players playing in a park. You know, and that's how <laughs> we, we grew up watching that kind of football where it was you went to be entertained. Now yeah. you go there, you see people parking buses, coaches, and anything else they can do. And it's all about outwitting each other. And I do think that Ian overthinks things. He, he, he you know, maybe the, the pundit did him as yeah. thing where he tried to do this and tried yeah. to do that. Whereas if he keeps the same team and keeps being consistent and bringing the youngsters in gradually, like Darnell came in on Saturday and by all accounts was, was absolutely brilliant. 
Now he's been back to the chump for ages. Now it'd be a real shame to take him out again. Let's keep him there for the rest of the season. See what he can do. Then make a decision on his future at the end of the season. That's the sort of things that Rangers did years and years and years ago, and we benefited from that. So, so I can't disagree, I can't disagree with that at all. So Furlong last year on the games that he played was probably one of the best players on the field mm-hmm. when we had him on the field. Um, and he brings quite a lot to that side of the pitch and um, he does need a, a consistent run in the team there's no doubt about it and I think he'll make a big difference mm. he'll make a very big difference I think Grant Hall needs to come back as well I think I mentioned it on the last podcast he yeah. was probably the most improved player mm. we had he is a quid last season um, uh, and if we can get him back and consistent that will make an, a, a huge difference as well I think so. y- your boy did well on Saturday I've got a daughter <laughs> no, um, Connor Washington. Yeah, but you know what? When and uh, I know I say that, but Holloway, and sometimes I seem critical because I'm not. I'm just being honest. It's what we. It's what we do. Whether in the pub or where we're doing the pod. Brilliant decision to take him out of the firing line, give him a, a week off, let him rest up, let him come back, and he came back a completely different person. But his his problem has always been his first touch is good. He reads the game well. You just can't play him off a target, man. It doesn't work. You've got to play it on the floor. That's what I said on Saturday when I seen the team. I thought, good, this is not going to be long ball. This is going to be on the floor, played into, into where they can run onto it, and that's their strengths. And it was great to see that again. Well, very, very interestingly, in the first half, they were playing the long ball, and it didn't work. In the second half, they were much, much better. And, okay. and the reason they were better is they started playing it on the floor. And, mm. that, and Connor absolutely thrived on that because he was getting the ball in the right position he was facing the right way and he could move with it and uh, that wasn't happening in the first half see Luongo's stats did you see that pretty good tweet with his stats six tackles attempted six tackles won I mean I don't actually know if six is a lot for a midfielder in the game but let's go for he made 100% of his tackles. Uh, Five out of five headers, 100% again. Um, 51 passes, which sounds sounds pretty meaty, doesn't it? And uh, one shot, one goal. Did pretty well. I think the thing about him is he's massively underrated. And because he doesn't score enough goals for attack midfielder, we tend to look at his goal ratio, as I said last week. But he is a great player. Um, and he can do even better. And once he starts chipping in with goals, then you've got a five million pound midfielder on your, on your hands. And that's all it needs sometimes. Is a co- I mean, it doesn't matter if Washington scored with his arse on Saturday or scored with his his heel or came off. Mm. The goals make it. I remember when Les Ferdinand came to the Rangers. It was, you know, just get that first goal mm. and then you can bounce back. Talking about Ote. Yeah. Yeah, well. I love that goal. That was. <laughs> I love yeah. that that was his yeah. first ever goal yeah. because I hope. He goes on to have a brilliant career here, scores a ton of goals, and his first goal will always have been... It, it was an accident, basically, well, wasn't do, it? Do he fell over. He fell over, and, and it yeah. happened to hit him, and it, it went matter. in. It, it builds. Do you know what I find really strange is Silla shows more energy in celebrating goals when he's not playing than when he does when he's playing. And you just think, <laughs> if we could just get something like this... See, it all looks so much better now, doesn't it? You've got like Silla, you've got Washington, mm. you've got these players, you've got Matt Smith, who can come on for 10 minutes and terrorise defenders and everything else. And it's suddenly a different picture. Of course, we lose the next four or five games and go back to whinging again. Lose the next four or five? You'll be whinging by next Tuesday. I'm sure of it. <laughs> bit harsh. Shall we... Uh, let's talk to Alex Smithies. We won't get people at Middlesbrough. I'll tell you that now. Oh, don't say that. Whenever well, you say you stuff like that, we end up losing. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good um, win Saturday. Let's talk to Alex Smithies, who's um, very kindly given up uh, 10 minutes of his evening to talk to us. Um, hopefully he's here now Hi Alex, thank you for joining us uh, we're, we're all fairly upbeat here After 
the win on Saturday. How are you and the boys feeling? Yeah, I think that's uh, we're definitely upbeat. Uh, I think it's definitely fair to say back-to-back league wins. Uh, I think it completely changes your outlook um, of where you're at, really. And I think um, we're just, I mean, we need to start uh, getting a, a real run together and, and, and continue uh, with the good results because... You know, it's been a hit and miss season. We've had some low points, and I think sometimes you can get carried away after a defeat. You can also get carried away with a win. Um, but you know, the, the last certainly six league games, you know, I don't think we've only lost one game. Um, so that's that's definitely something to be positive about. And back to back wins is important in this league. It moves you, you know, right up the table, which it has done. Well, that's it because no, no one underneath us picked up three points, and. We, we uh, it was obviously the end of the world last week when we lost in the cup, and, and now it's much much better. But and and I don't want to focus too much on the negatives, but we spent a long time talking about the cup defeat. How aware are the players of that this terrible record we've got in the cup, and and how much did that play on on their minds? And is this now an albatross around the neck, or, or whatever the saying is, for for you and, and the lads? Yeah, I mean, we were aware of it, but for me personally, I don't think it the, the, the poor record in the cup sort of they had much impact. I mean, if you watch the game, certainly second half, we we dominated pretty much all of it, uh, bar bar a mistake for their goal. You know, they, I think we we deserved to win. The, the, the difference was we didn't put the ball in the back of the net, and we had majority of chances and possession. Uh, we just weren't clinical. Um, so I don't really think you can put that down to. You know, a mental block on the cup because we dominated the game. It was just purely down to they took their chance and we didn't take ours. And um, it's we oft, as, as you can imagine, we we always on the podcast talk about the manager. Uh, Ian's been in in the position for well, I think it was last November, November, couple of Novembers ago. He came in. You've played under a few coaches at QPR. Now that it's been a year and a bit, how? Um, how different is him and his his approach to the other guys that you played with at under under? I beg your pardon at the club. Yeah, I think well, the gaffer's different to every manager. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, if you if you see him in interviews, you, you're getting a snippet of what we see uh, every minute of every day. It doesn't change. Is you know that that's who he is. Um, so he's you know he's a bit of a different character, which has certainly changed it up at QPR. Um, and loving, love him or hate him, you've got you know you, you're getting um, a bit of excitement from him uh, every day, and um, you know, it's completely different to to Jimmy. Jimmy was quite uh, quite quiet and um, you know just went about his business. And uh, the gaffer now obviously is is very outspoken and opinionated and full of life. So he's, he's certainly different. And to ask you a question about Alex Smithies. I would say QPR fans generally feel you're very well liked. Most QPR fans is the first thing. And most fans probably think you're the best kept secret, certainly at QPR, maybe in the championship. And then that always leads to questions about you, your future at the club. Um, And, you know, I suppose it's a very direct question. Will you be around for a while for us to keep enjoying watching you in goal? I mean, I certainly imagine so. I mean, that's, that's what I've got planned. Uh, you know, I signed a contract to stay um, last year, last season, um, and I expect to stay. I mean, the club's obviously changing in direction in the way it's looking at things. Obviously, it's, it's getting younger players 
um, to come in, up and coming and trying to develop them. And that's changed from the past where they were buying a ready-made player that, that's been there and done it. Um, so the, the club's definitely changing. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm more than happy. But at the same time, you know, the club's going in a direction now where we'll be picking up younger players and um, there's a few things hanging over the club at the moment where you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty so you can you can never say never but right now I'm happy Good to hear The thing is Alex I mean not being funny we, we know in life that if someone inferior to us as happens just to be in the Premier League comes in and obviously that, that situation arises but while you're here your penalty saves, your shop stopping, <laughs> your distribution is wonderful. Them guys will be in your case all the time. You don't want to go on TV and get mauled by the immediates like Neville's in this world. Stay where you are, you're fine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but the, 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 the other thing is, I personally think you should be an international goalkeeper. Have you any relatives from Northern Ireland at all? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, have a, I don't think I've got anything. No, no, I don't think I've played for anyone other than England. I've played for England... Uh, youth teams under 16s all the way through so I enjoyed that as, a, as a, a youngster but you know every player wants to play at the highest level whether that be the Premier League or international football so I mean I'd love to but uh, well, well, it's difficult Alex you can't say this but I can say this there's not there's not a whole bunch of English goalkeepers in the Premier League and when Angus Gunn from Norwich is getting into the England squad I, you know I've watched him once or twice and he looks to be a good goalie but he's no Alex Smithies. I thought he's Scottish. He's no Alex Smithies, and you—if if goalies like that are good enough to get in the England squad, then you are, are good enough to get in the England squad. So it's a two-part question: Is do you think do you think you could get in, in uh, around the international reckoning, playing in the Championship, playing at QPR, and what can we do to keep you at the club and help you get in that England squad? On the other hand, Conor Washington <laughs> needs a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You know, with with the Angus Gunn thing, obviously he's there's, he's he's, um, yeah, he's he's built up a little bit of a reputation in a very short space of time. You know, obviously I've been around, I've played, you know, twenty seven, nearly played four hundred games. So it's it's difficult. I mean, I've been so have you? Uh, You've nearly played four hundred games, haven't no, you? No, that's, that's what I mean. I have played nearly four hundred games. Oh, sorry, he's only just come around. Yeah, sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's that's um, that's sometimes difficult um, when you see I've been you know been around for a while and 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 doing my best, you know, for. A long period of time, but uh, he's obviously highly thought of. Am I right in saying he's he's from Man City? So maybe, maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I think there's a lot of factors. That's a good um, point. Actually, you just mentioned is you're judged by your parent club rather than what league. Yeah, you're yeah, and he's That's got yeah, and he's got a good name. Be, He's yeah, got a goalkeeper name, hasn't he? He's got the right genes. Yeah, he has, yeah, with his father. Yeah, you I mean, think he played for Scotland, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, true. I mean, true. I want my daughter and my yeah. friends, hello Alex, to play for Northern Hi, Ireland. You know. <laughs> I don't think he's got any Irish in him. Oh, um, Jesus. Alan, you had a question for Alex. Yeah, yeah, Alex. Um, so, so QPR, bizarrely, have had a tradition of fantastic goalkeepers over the years. Um, Seaman, Phil Parks, etc. And you know, Jan Stayskill. Yeah. Jan Stayskill, Ron Springett, Peter Springett, you know, all, all of those. Mike um, Kelly. Mike, well, I have a story about Mike Kelly, but that's a different one. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, you, you're right up there. And you are one of the best that I've seen in my 50-odd years of watching the club. Um, the one thing that you haven't done yet that Phil Parks did for me is you've, he scored two goals from a... From a <laughs> 
from a goal kick. Come on now, <laughs> from a drop kick. You know, you got you got just those two things to do, and you're probably right up there with the best. <laughs> no pressure. Have you ever scored a goal? Have you ever scored? <laughs> Uh, I've scored a penalty, but that doesn't really count, does it? No, <laughs> that's it. There, there, I mean, there's there's your target for the rest of the season. Right? Yeah, uh, what? If you let me take penalties, you know, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> Talking of which, Alex, I mean, you were well known last season for your penalty, but I've noticed that when we other teams get penalties against us now, they're picking the most unusual penalty takers. Have you noticed yeah. this? They're not going for the obvious, are they? They're, they're kind of, they're trying to think, you know, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, last season I sort of raised the point that I don't want to uh, raise too too much attention to sort of my record, uh, mm. especially that season. And, um, you know, that certainly came about in the media and things like that and people reporting on it. And whether that's changed people's minds, because I've, I've seen, you know, some players that would normally take penalties not take them or some players that would always go one way have changed their mind. So there's, <laughs> I don't know whether that's necessarily been helpful, but, you know, hopefully I can... Uh, save a few more this season and uh, get back on track with that. Ah, you'd be grand. Do you? I don't expect you to give away your your secret of saving penalties, but your record is awesome. Do you have a secret? And what I mean by that is, don't tell us what it is. But do you think you have a different approach to saving penalties, and you know what that is in comparison to other goalies, or do you just think it's kind of the way that the cookies crumbled, and so far you've done all right? No, I certainly have a theory behind it. What I do, yeah, certainly. There's certainly a lot of thought that goes into it. It's not. It's not a matter of toss a coin, heads is left, tails is right, <laughs> sort of thing. You know, there's a lot, of, lot of thought that goes into it. So, um, when I see penalties, sometimes I think, why, is, why does the keeper dive that way? But so I sometimes, maybe I'm thinking differently to some people. Um, but you know, I've conceded my last couple, so I don't, <laughs> maybe. We need to relook at it. Well, the odds are you're going to concede. Uh, now, Alex, very important question. Last time you were on was around the time that you were banging the uh, uprights of the goals the whole time with your studs. And I've noticed yeah. that you've really cut down on that and you barely ever do it. Why is yeah. that? Have you got new boots or something? Yeah, you have to ask nice, Nick about that. They've created a new boot with... Um... I don't know what the technology is called, but uh, mud doesn't stick to the, the bottom of them anymore. Oh, um, right. sort of the new, yeah, the, the black base, I'm, I'm wearing the red Nike Magista boots at the moment, and they've brought a sort of a base of the boot out that um, stops mud from collecting in, in between your studs. So it's quite a, I don't know how they do it, but they're obviously a consistency of oh. material that they've used. So, so it wasn't a superstition. Here. It was actually just to remove mud. That that yeah, clatter that yeah. went around the ground is, yeah, is missed. Clatter, okay, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, just just banging my, the, the mud away from in between the studs to make sure I didn't slip on goal kicks. But yeah, Nike have changed it up a bit, and it's <laughs> stopped me from doing that. Um, two two very fast questions for you um, about goalkeepers. Do you think, first of all, you get enough credit that you deserve as part of the team? And secondly, why do so many few keepers go into management? Um, good question. Uh, the first question. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes when a keeper's playing well, you're not necessarily talking about them a lot, and uh, I don't actually mind that. Um, you know, I think a lot of the times when, you, when keepers are talked about, um, it's because they've made a mistake. So sometimes to go under the radar a little bit, it's, mm. uh, it's not it's not always a bad thing. I think if people are talking about goalkeepers, it'd be after a mistake or conceding a load of goals, things like that. So if you if you're going under the radar, I sometimes think that that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's difficult. 
certainly in the championship to, to, for people to rave about you because you know it's not getting the coverage that the Premier League's getting when you're making saves. Uh, when David De Gea makes a save, you know it's on repeat all week on Sky Sports News. So that's a little bit different. Um, the other one was about management. Oh, I think mainly because you know players of goalkeepers have stood behind the ball the whole game. You know whether. Um, I think there are a lot of goalkeepers actually going to goalkeeping coaching, and um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Maybe because obviously they they specialised in that area, um, but also I think there's a little bit more safety in the job. To be honest, for some goalkeepers, <laughs> uh, you know, if the manager if the manager goes, a lot of the times the goalkeeping coach stays. So maybe that's got something to do with it. John. Yeah, we've we've had a quite a good period over the Christmas period. We've had a couple of wins and everything, and it was a lot brighter. But we had a really difficult period leading up to that. Do you secretly enjoy those go, those times when you are busy and <laughs> perhaps looking good, even if we're not doing too well, and you're I'll in the game? What, yeah, if if I'm really busy and we win the game, yeah, I've loved the game. <laughs> but if I'm really busy and we lose the game, what, what good is it? Do you know what I, mean? uh, uh, I think I remember a game in my first season we played Wolves on TV, and I had the game of my life, and oh, we yeah. lost two 0 <laughs> and uh, we lost two 0 So no, do you know what I mean? It's, as a goalkeeper, you can only do so. You can only control what you can control, and uh, definitely a team game. And uh, when you're having to get, you know, the best game you've had all season, you lose two 0 But that's that's life as a goalkeeper, I suppose. I've always wanted to ask a goalie this, or I've always wondered this. Why do goalkeepers always, after they've made an amazing save, they always shout at one of the nearest <laughs> defender? They always scream in their face like the defender's done something wrong rather than they've actually made a great save. Why does that happen with every single goalkeeper? Because you usually do. <laughs> every single one? I'm not sure I do that all the time. No, to be <laughs> fair, you probably don't. No. Um, I don't know, if maybe it's a little bit of adrenaline because yeah. that's it. Goalkeeper can go a little while in a game without a touch of the ball. So when you know the, the outfield players are involved quite a bit more, uh, so maybe they just get a rush of adrenaline and <laughs> take it out <laughs> on the on, nearest victim. Help, help me out here, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Alex. Couple more ones. Um, we've it's been really great to see all the youngsters that have come through this uh, this season. Uh, which all the fans are really pleased to see and enjoy seeing. Give us a couple of names of more of a couple up and coming youngsters that we should watch out for at the club. Uh, I think you should uh, certainly watch out for Joe Lundley, of the goalkeeper who's mm. on loan at Black, uh, Blackpool. You know, last year at Bristol Rovers and did really well. Um, competitions are high at uh, QPR for goalkeepers, and I think he's certainly one for the future. I'm sure he'll have a, a fantastic career in the game. Um, he's got a great attitude as well, which uh, goes a long way. Uh, I mean, there's a whole host of names coming through. Ilias as well got a lot of talent. Um, Beery, you know, they're all they're all very talented, talented players, and I think with a little bit of experience and a bit more understanding of first team football, because it does differ from under 23 football when you put something on the line and jobs are on the line, and um, there's a, you know, there's a lot riding on it. It changes the game, but they've got a lot, a lot of talent, and I think once they you know work out first team football, I think they'll be uh, real good prospects for us. Thank you very much. Uh, Alex, always good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming on again. And thanks for your performances. Um, Can I just add one Absolutely. more thing, Alex? Yep. Um, to make it a perfect St. Patrick's Day, 
when we play Freedom Away, can you make sure you save more penalties and really piss them off? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go on my over they don't give them away, but yeah, if called upon, I'll give it my best. Good, Good but I'll, I'll chuck you a Guinness hat from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, I'll put it on as well. Nice one, big Thanks man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Cheers, big Cheers, Cheers, Alex. Cheers, lad. Bye. Cheers. Uh, do you know what? That restores your faith in football, doesn't it? <laughs> He's a, he's, good, he's a good lad, just Alex normal. Smithies, isn't he? We've talked to him before. I, I think I've said this before. It's just, it's bloody tough being a goalkeeper because only one of them can play. Yeah. Now, even if yeah. you're being harsh on Alex Smithies and you say he's the 10th best English goalkeeper, yeah. which I think he's better than that. The 10th best English defender is playing in the Premier League. The 10th mm-hmm. best English midfielder yeah. is playing in the Premier League. 10th best English striker. There's only ni- there's only 92 goalies can play in the whole yeah. league every week, and in a way we 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 reap the benefits of that because we get a goalie who is really far too yeah. good for this level playing us because it's just hard it's, it's hard to get a game. I I I, I, uh, I know I talking I know one of the <laughs> coaches at uh, goalkeeping coaches that Alex had back in Huddersfield. Yeah, and he said that he was being looked at by England. He's, I, mean, I think he probably still is, but at the time when he was there, they thought he was too small, which it seems bizarre to me. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard for him because doubt, yeah. doubtless he could get a Premier League gig, but yeah. will he be I, I would say so. first choice? Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird when you yeah. see that Smithies is playing a Championship and Alex McCartney is playing in the Premiership. Yeah, that mm. is a bizarre yeah. head movement of mm. shaking. Yeah, to be honest with you, because I didn't really rate McCarthy that much. But what do I know about <laughs> goalkeeping? But I think Smithy is certainly. He reminds me a lot of Peter Hooker. I don't know why, way, but yeah. he, there's similarities between him and Chris Woods that you can kind of see. Chris Woods probably yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you kind of see. Well, more the Hooker, the shot stopping. To be fair, um, his distribution is superb as well. But also, in his, we give him a lot of work to do. <laughs> I think the defence led to keep him busy and if it wasn't for him we would have lost so many points this season I mean he's he's worth more than a striker at times and especially when you're going through a bad run when the strikers aren't scoring he, I mean against people forget against Millwall he pulled off a number of world class saves which we later got back into the game and could have yeah. won it at the end yeah. but he's he's worth his weight in gold and I'm surprised but then Premiership go- clubs would rather bring in somebody else from abroad and put them on the bench, sit down for 10 minutes. They don't take risks with English goalkeepers. I find that incredible because, to me, I haven't seen that many goalkeepers. I mean, the gun thing's ridiculous. He's played a couple of times in Norwich. He's a Man City keeper, and you're right, he's in England squad. It's incredible. He should bin him and go to Northern Ireland. By all accounts, he's a good goalkeeper, <laughs> Angus Gunn, but Alex Smithies is a phenomenal goalkeeper, so Angus Gunn would have to be amazing. But Angus Gunn is called Gunn is the first thing so his, his old man was a goalie he's part of the establishment he was up, he's at Man City and Gareth Southgate knows him so his face obviously Hart. fits I mean, if you look at the Paul Hart situation how quickly he's fallen down this Joe night. Hart oh yeah Paul Hart was our stupid manager Joe no. Hart yeah see that's what happens when you get stuck in the 90s and the 2000s the um well don't, let's not forget Alex Smithies ended Rob Green's QPR career because he was a better goalkeeper well, than him. Well, some would say his football career, really, because he went to that place up north, didn't he? But he was a better goalkeeper than him. Yeah. Um, but he always was. And That's why he didn't understand. Maybe it's best we just keep it quiet amongst ourselves. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but no if, one if believes was, you. If, when if, you say to non-QPR fans, we've got the most incredible goalie, no one believes you. Anyway, how much so is he fine. worth, seriously, do you reckon? He's got a long contract. That's sorted. I would say if we let him go for anything less than 7 or 8 million, we're mad. Judging by the fact that some keepers are worth 20 million... 
Uh, his, uh, can I tell you something? His comment about Joe Lumley rang a few alarm bells for me. Maybe I'm overthinking it. No, Joe, Lum- Joe Lumley is really good. But mm, why would you fact. say we've got a great goalie coming through? Because if Alex Smithies is staying at QPR, Joe Lumley will not get a look in. I'm, I'm hoping it's because he works with him. So he, he knows him. Yeah. Well. If you asked him who's coming through and he told yeah. you. Yeah. But he's, he, hang on, he's not coming through though. Because Alex Smithies <laughs> is the goalkeeper. So yes. either uh, what I'm saying is I'm I'm like make taking three four steps forward and completely hypothesising, but does that mean Alex Smithies thinks Alex Smithies is going and actually Joe Lumley will be the goalie next year? I think what he said is if you look at it that way that um, you got Ingham and you got um, Lumley in in reserve. So yeah. if I do go, you won't be that badly off, perhaps. And he is he is the keeper that will take over when eventually when he does go whatever happens Ingram he, no he is well Ingram, I, you know I think possibly Ingram but I, I think that's what Smithies was saying Lumley was brilliant at Bristol Rovers he was yeah. absolutely I mean mm. they were absolutely distraught when he left I'm not just exaggerating they were really upset he is a properly decent keeper okay we've always had decent keepers apart from the odd one like um, Ben Cawley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh what should we talk about now last few minutes we well, got Burrow. We've got Borough, Mark Burcham bit on Twitter this week. He did a Paul Finney. Um, what? If, um, Have you not noticed? I've been a lot calmer on Twitter these days. I, I just mute people annoying me. It's brilliant. I just mute them and say, I'm not going to see you anymore. Because if I go back and read them, I'll respond to them. I just mute them now. And I, I, they think they're talking to me. And I can't see what they're saying. I'm happy with that. But um, So he got a bit, he got a bit of criticism on Twitter not- and he bit back. Okay. First of all. The first message he responded to was someone saying to him, I hope you pick up your P45. Now, that's that was after the equaliser went in. That person sent that matter. tweet you to him, You shouldn't say it? that. That's ridiculous. Be, by all means, have a go at these people. By all means, be critical. But to say to someone, I hope you pick up your P45, that's just a bit nasty. And you're going to get a reaction. Like I said about Holloway, I want Ian to prove me wrong. I want Ian to go on to win every game this season and make me eat my words, mm-hmm. which I'm more than happy to do. Because at the end of the day, we all want QPR to do well. But there are some people on Twitter, David, which I find incredible, who are pissed off when we win. Yeah. And I do not understand it. I'm the most miserable gobshite ever that walked this earth and negative. Agreed. But why the <laughs> hell do people want us to lose? And then there's Bircham. I mean, if you're going to pick a Bircham, then you might as well pick a Fleming. You might as well pick on the kit man. You might as well pick a Jude Cat. I mean, I don't get it why Bircham is, is singled out sometimes. Because he is one of us. He is a fan. He loves the club. I just don't... We want people who love the club... And then, like, Les Ferdinand gets crap, Bertram gets crap, Kevin Gallen gets crap. It's like, really? Mm. I, I guess his apology that he's going to be here another week was actually quite well taken. So it was, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. he cares. Same as Holloway does. He cares. Yeah. yeah. Let, let two youngsters go this week. Can they still be called youngsters? Petrasso and Grego Cox? Not really. Just the natural order of things? I think, uh, Not well, quite going to make it? I don't think they're quite going to make it, and I think the ones coming through are better, to be honest. Yeah. That's, that's the, the the hard facts. I think that mm-hmm. the ones that we've got coming are, are potentially going to be better. So it's sad about Gregor Cox because yeah. he's, he hung around long enough. Like if people go back to you, you've been around a long time. And, you know the the Green brothers were brilliant. They hung around too much mm-hmm. long. Um, Joe Cole and Nets was around. Not Joe Cole, Jack Cole. Oh, my, I'm getting named Jake, 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 Jake Cole. Jake Cole. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to Weatherspoons for lunch. It was a big mistake and I apologise. Anyway, I'll get slaughtered on Twitter for getting everything wrong. But, you know, they, they kind of hang around the club too long. They're dirty mm-hmm. and they have to yeah. move on. And I think it's both best for both players that they do move on. It's sad they didn't make it because both of them at one time looked absolutely outstanding prospects. Mm. Although, although you've got to suggest that um, their lack of game time 
didn't do them any Maybe. favors. Patrasso, for his Canada experiences, <clears throat> was you know top man, one of their you know real prospects. He was um, amazing wing back when he played for them. Yeah, um, didn't get the chance with us. I expect he'll make it. Do you think so? Yeah. That'll be interesting. You make it at some standard, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Mm. Whereas Greg yeah. was definitely went on Newport and all and stuff and didn't really cut the mustard. No, he didn't do it, did he? But then he's, he's been picked up somewhere in the he's conference. He's playing for Woking, I think. Woking, Woking. Yeah. That's what I said. Woking. Yeah. It's my accent, is it? Anyway. Yeah. The, um, he's, but it's sad because you want these kids to come through and do well because it, at the end of the day, it saves the club an absolute fortune in transfers. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's needed. And I think seeing Young Smith come through and. It's just, it just, it makes you feel a lot of hope, even though we brought him from some bunch of bin lids back in Ireland. And Furlong, you know, Furlong is homegrown. And he's, 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 Manning. he's Manning. yeah. These are all, uh, yeah, Manning's a bit of a strange Shadipo, Where, where's Shadipo? But they're all good players that I think we are. Shadipo's like Wade Faraday, isn't he? You just want to yeah. see him in the pitch, see yeah. how fast he can run, yeah, and see exactly, people yeah. chasing him again. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, I'll end. Are you going to talk Middlesbrough? Well, we'll talk about Middlesbrough at the end, won't we? It's your show. You tell me do. <laughs> My show. Let's make it out. When have you ever thought that? Last, last Tuesday. Um, so this is anything else? Show. Anything else that we haven't talked about that we should talk about? I do have. Um, we got an email this week, uh, as they say. <laughs> You've actually produced an email. <laughs> I have well. an email from Michael Olive. Evening, gents. Big fan of the show. Although I'm. I'm a relative newcomer this season. Welcome, Michael. Uh, just wondered if you could help support a charity event I'm doing this Easter. Starting on pod Friday, it says, I'm running slash walking from Southport to Hornsey over 10 days. Um, I'll be in Hull when QPR are playing away. I'm raising money for children with Cancer UK and Make-A-Wish Foundation. He will get my, I'll get my donation pages set up later this month, but anything you can do will be appreciated, including a shout-out. Good luck, Michael. Thank you. Right. Um, to be fair, Make a Wish a brilliant charity, and um, if he's at Hull, I think we should all support him. Bam a pint and give him s- some money. Send us your fundraising page, Michael, and we will tweet it. Uh, we will tweet it. Good luck with that. Um, Oz end. The only thing I thought was I thought was interesting this week. Do you, know, you you guys know what the Rooney Rule is, which they've talked a lot about this week? You know that when I say the Rooney it. rule? So this was an NFL rule. <laughs> Someone laughs at me. I like this guy. Can we bring him back? What, what, what was your gag? I ignore most of them. What was it? I just said I was not about hair transplant, is it? The Rooney rule? Oh, because Wayne Rooney had a hair transplant. You just ruined it. <laughs> Carry on. The Rooney rule is a, a rule implemented by the FA, which is to... Um, uh, uh, basically make sure that black and ethnic minority managers get a fair hearing and get interviewed for positions. And it's a new rule that um, all BAME candidate, all, all positions at the FA will now include a BAME candidate and it's named the Rooney Rule after a coach in the NFL. Um, now this was brought in this week. The FA announced that next time that Gareth Southgate's position is up, they will interview a, a, a BAME candidate. And as part of that, there was a list printed in the there was a list printed of uh, BAME coaches in the football league, which is frankly shocking and inadequate. I think across the seventy one clubs, there's something like fifteen black and ethnic minority coaches. The only, I suppose, slight um, high point for us, us lot in this podcast, is twenty percent of them are employed at QPR. Twenty <laughs> yeah. percent of all the black and ethnic minority coaches in the entire football league, which admittedly is still not that high, I think it's four, 
are employed at QPR. So, in my opinion, long overdue rule, but um, well played QPR for at least trying to do a bit. I think bit. in the weeks that we lost Sir Regis as a football community, you have to read his book and realise the absolute vile horribleness that man played through in the games that he did and how he walked tall and did what he did was amazing. And for anyone to turn around and say, oh, why are we giving preference to this, that and the other, read his book, read his autobiography, think about it, it's horrible. The abuse these people get is absolutely horrible. And racism has no place in football, and that means everyone. You shouldn't judge anyone on colour. It should always be about ability, but at the same time is we've got to understand and realise that there is an old boys' network of football, and it'd be nice to see different people breaking through. I've noticed a lot more physios are women, and football clubs is a good thing, and football is becoming more diverse, and it should be, because we're, we're in the year 2018 now. There's no reason why more people of different backgrounds, no matter where you come from, can grow up in any area of London, be in a council state, and want to be part of a football network. It's, 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 football is hope, and that's hope for us all. Thank you, Paul. That was your RZM, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then. My RZM is... We George Sharp. Is. Ah, George. So this yes. is... He must be nine now. You're nine, maybe ten. Terrible He's our, our youngest active listener. Listens, I think, every week. Sends in emails every now and again. He's even been on the show. What's he up to? It's his 10th birthday on Thursday. Ah! <laughs> so... <laughs> He's, he's um so he's ten. George, happy birthday, big man! And your dad's a wee bit of a podcast legend, and um it's always good to have him on. And your your, your emails and that welcome. My own hours end this show is I was happy co- birthday, George. Happy birthday, George. Sorry, yeah. Can we all say happy birthday? Happy birthday, George. Yeah, happy birthday. Have a great yeah. one. I had a bit of a shock this week. I'll be honest with you. I nearly had to have a lie down. There's a fella called Stephen Cross who. I'm godfather to his daughter. He's godfather to my daughter. So you, you kind of know each other quite well. He supports Glen Torn. I support Glen Torn. He's from Northern Ireland. I'm from Northern Ireland. Known him for decades. He's a Queen's Park Rangers fan. Had a season ticket and everything back in the day. Gets to loads of games. I'm a Queen's Park Rangers fan from Northern Ireland. He only started listening to the podcast this week. You are the worst best friend anyone could ever have, Stephen. If you listen to this podcast, I am absolutely disgusted it took you this long. His reason being is, I can phone you up and listen to your shade. Why do I need to put it through my car? Which is a fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Which is a fair a point. point. Does your wife listen, by the way? Uh, no. Because mine doesn't. She listened to that first year we did, 2011-12. So for five years... She hasn't listened. I don't think anybody who knows no. this podcast because I don't really know that many people. No. I think we just talk to ourselves. Do, do you know what? It, it feels like a, it's like a echo chamber sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, Stephen, first? for coming to the Alan, podcast. Alan, you, 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 you look like you're struggling with a bad back, so I, let, I, let's I am, uh, yes. get your R's in first <laughs> so, you can, so you can treat your, your troublesome it's back. Painful, uh, well, no, too much work on the allotment today, I think. Is there? Right. <laughs> okay. What are you so growing? Oh, what am I growing at the moment? So just garlic and onions at the moment. But uh, plenty, to, plenty to do for the rest of the year. Very good. Very <laughs> good. Um, I, I, um, have I got anything to say at the R's end? No, not, not really. Um, I'll just reiterate what I said earlier on. I think Alex Smith is right up there as one of the best keepers we've had for a very long time. So. And a Absolutely. damn nice fella. Yeah. And it seems to be, yeah. 
John. I'm gonna do a Finney and do two. If I okay. Can. That's you can. No, really no that's not doing a Finney. Yeah. Doing a Finney is doing okay. four. That's true. Uh, my first one is um, I'm a very I'm really sad that Plymouth didn't get through to the third round this season because if they do, when they do. Can we? Pl- can the FA please arrange for us to play them in the third round, and then it's an <laughs> FA should. Cup final because that will be we, whoever wins that is. The, should they play the at Wembley? They should play at the Wembley. Actually, Make some a more guess of order yeah, and stuff. Yeah. All right, okay. Please, so can, and they arranged for Liverpool and Everton to play each other in the third round this season. So if we could play Plymouth next season, that would be brilliant. <laughs> you're not suggesting the balls are warm sometimes, <laughs> no. are you? No, 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 no. Heaven forbid. Uh, and the second one is uh, a little bit more serious. We talk about the, the family stand a lot, which I sit in, and I do understand people's frustration with potential atmosphere. I've got a, a, something a bit outrageous to suggest about the stadium and hopefully to improve the facilities there um, until we get a new stadium, whenever that is. I think we should reduce the capacity. Uh, because, and I said to you earlier, that I've been, I looked at the, the average attendances over the last couple of seasons. When we are in the Premiership, we were averaging 17,000. Uh, for the last couple of years, it's 14, 14 and a half. Um, our biggest crowd in the last couple of seasons is 16 and a half thousand. Wow. So even if you took 3,000 seats away, you're still, that would still be the biggest crowd. You'd still fit the biggest crowd of the season in. And you could put terracing in. Brentford have got terracing. You could put ter- terracing in behind the goal and then move this family stand. To this. It won't happen. And none of this will happen, of course. But if you took seats out, you could improve facilities to be, to around the stadium and make mm. it a little bit more attractive for fans until we do move into a new the, stadium. The problem is with the family mm, stand, interesting. it used to be only night games that it was pretty 50-50 mm, yeah. split of being filled, not filled. Mm. Now it's creeping into Saturday games. Mm. Um, there's definitely and it's got the best facilities you can buy for it's much better than being in South yeah. Road because we got yeah. nothing um, but you, you've got the beer tents you've got the food tents mm. you've got so they're trying their best to get people in there and it's just weird that it's just yeah. not catching on perhaps they should relax the rules a little bit I think, I think definitely evening games they've got to sort the, the ticket allocation out I, it cost me to bring when I bring my eldest two, I have to pay full adult prices for them and it's you know because my little ones won't be able to come on a school night um, they should definitely lower the prices for Ooh. season ticket holders whose okay. ki- younger kids couldn't come. Uh, you know that would definitely that's improve attendance. That's an interesting suggestion. But I, I think a lowered capacity that will never happen. It will that never happen. Yeah, but it, I think it would improve uh, things there. Out of interest, your kids. What, who's their favourite? Who are their favourite players? I'm uh, always interested. My in Stanley, who's seven, yeah. is uh, is Jamie Mackey. Okay. Uh, and that's purely because Jamie Mackey will come up and say hello to him before yeah. the match when they're warming up. Um, and the little one is three and just okay. uh, likes Jude. Your, Jude is yeah, probably his favourite yeah, player. Yeah. Um, the older ones are just resigned to watching QPR. Shouting a lot. The weirdest experience I had was the other week when um, we bumped into Darnell Furlong and my nephew knows him quite well. And he's, he's 19, he's trying to be cool and, and that sort of thing. And he's got his QPR shit on and he's trying to cover it up and all that sort of thing. And Darnell's going, so... You're right, do you want to lift back? And he's like, no, no, my uncle, crazy Irish guy, sports QPR, he's going to take you back. And he's like, Darnell Furlong offered me a lift. <laughs> <laughs> and they go go-karting together. And he's got, to, I've got to say... He offered a, him a lift in his go-kart. <laughs> but he does say that he's, his family are the nicest family ever. And I just wish Paul and his family all the best because they're not going through a good time. People might not know this, but I do. And um, yeah, good luck, Paul. You're a legend at QPR, and hopefully we'll get you out in the pitch one day and give you a good clap. 
Which all that leaves us to say to do is the predictions for Middlesbrough. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Who would like to go first? Get him to go first because his back's a little good. <laughs> go on then. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to sadly say probably 1 0 Middlesbrough or a 1 1 draw. We'll take the 1 1 draw. Mm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go 2 1 QPR. Paul. Um. Into the microphone, if you don't mind. Sorry, I'm just remembering, I, had, I forgot my eyes end. It would have been Mick Leach's Christ. 71th birthday today, really? um, which we Sorry. didn't mention. Sorry, who's? So I didn't hear. Okay. And, oh. uh, I um, apologise for not mentioning that on my eyes end. I meant to and I forgot, so um, his family and everything else, proper QPR person. Um, uh, um, I don't know. For once, I'm kind of thinking we could absolutely take someone to the cleaners. And I'm going for three or four nil Saturday. I think we're going to turn up and absolutely give it gun ho, go for it and absolutely destroy them. We've we are now this week we think all is well at QPR <laughs> again. So that yeah. must mean there's a banana skin coming and I would never predict a defeat, so I'll go one one. Do you know which what? is a euphemism for the worst thing maybe about, not the greatest the biggest Saturday. fraud in football is, David? The biggest fraud in football is yeah. the fella who was chairman of Glasgow Rangers, wasn't he? <laughs> that's one of them. Yeah. Except Blatter. The, yeah. The, the other one is hope. And yes. that's all we got at times. Well, let's hope for a good result this weekend. And uh, 3 0 Rangers. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. UPR.